Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to The Nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my co-host Leanne Whippen and Camaro Dave and Commander Chris. Coming to you from our actually our satellite Turn It, Don't Burn It studio here in Portland. Christmas is just around the corner. And so if you haven't thought of it, you probably need to reach out and order your Painted Hills Natural Beef uh, prime rib. You can should do that. Check it out online at Painted Hills naturalbeef.com but the most important part of this show is my dear friend graham care here the galloping gourmet is back we're going to be talking christmas dinner sharing some stories of his life and what a life it has been graham welcome yes it's getting um, a year older each year it happens that way I'm afraid. <laughs> it just it just it's does it happen for you as well oh heck yes and, I'm and, glad. And Leanne, it exactly. doesn't happen. It, it, oh, no, it doesn't no. happen it, because no. you look gorgeous. <laughs> oh, and well, thank you. probably you. looked the same two, 10 years ago. Oh, okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. you. Know, it's all right. She, she does look good. And every time I see her, because we're doing a lot of these interviews together now, and she looks the same, you know? You know, <laughs> only been a couple months. <laughs> I know, but just. But it looks. But you've been coming on the show for what two years? Yeah, that's on, true. Yes, that's but true. Uh, you look the same. Oh, you're you. a newcomer. You're yeah, a yes. newcomer. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like my mom used to say, "I have to put myself together." You know, before her and my father would go anywhere, she had to put herself together. That's the way I feel. Just getting out of bed in the morning. You know, it's kind of yeah. like. It takes me about 30 minutes to get all parts lined up and moving in the same direction. And that's just the you way can it do it that quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I lay there and think about it for about a half hour before I actually engage to do it. I just uh, you, you know. see what, what I have to do is when I wake up and I look at the alarm clock and the alarm clock says that it's nearly seven in the morning. And I realized that my, my room is probably about 58 degrees. And I don't like the idea of getting out of bed at 58 degrees. So <laughs> I, I, I shoot out, turn the thermostat because I put my bed close to the thermostat. Then I jump back into bed for 10 minutes watching the clock. Then it's warm enough for me to get out. And my <laughs> friend, I then do my exercises on the bed before anything 15 minutes of stretching there you go that That's works awesome i think you should consider it. a remote control thermostat thing and then you won't even have to get out of bed oh <laughs> now now that is an idea a bluetooth thermostat That's thank right. you yeah well you'll be <clears throat> i actually i actually don't have the heat on in the bedroom and i turned on the fan last night because i was too warm 
Uh, I have a little fan on my side of the bed and I crank that thing up. Of course, then sometimes my wife will just get up and go into the guest room and sleep because I can't sleep in a hot room. It has to be oh, fairly 63 cool. degrees is the best temperature. Yeah. Yeah. To sleep yeah. yeah. So anyway. All right. Good. When we um, now that we've got our sleeping arrangements lined out, <laughs> what uh, your your Christmas dinners? We talked about this on a previous show a little bit, Graham. But your Christmas dinners in England, what were they like growing up? Um, complicated because I grew up in the hotel business, and so um, I never remember a, a family meal around the table. I always ate in the restaurant. And um, so it was whatever the chef was doing. And usually the chef was from, from Provence. And for some unaccountable reason, I remember this goose and he would do goose. Um, and it was spit roasted and stuffed with apples and dates and plums, as I remember. And it was sort of greasy. <laughs> <laughs> So there was no bread there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. So it's not asking me about my youth is is a is a short term problem, because I can usually not remember too much about it because it was kind of. I'm an only child, born up and bred in the hotel business, and my parents went to work every every day at at six o'clock at night, and I went to my room in the hotel. And ah. no television, no web. I had a little radio, and that was it. What it was in the middle of a forest, so there was no 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 uh, neighbors to play with. So I'm hmm. I'm a solitary guy who doesn't remember much about that time. Well, then hmm. let's advance that to after you got together with Trina. What okay. were, what were your family dinners like after you and Trina got married and and that and you start having kids? There we are. Now I can answer you. Um, um, we have had lamb as a, it, it's a tradition, and lamb has been our, our, our Christmas dinner. And, and since, um, um, let's see, uh, all but three years of our marriage was um, early on, was spent in New Zealand, where we had fresh lamb right mm. off the um, west coast um, of the South Island, we would actually buy our lamb specifically because the grass had been swept with storms coming in from the Tasman Sea, and it would drench the grass with salt water, and that would pick up in the flavor of the lamb. It was, uh, the French call it pré-salé, meaning with, with, the, with the flavor of the sea of, of salt. Yeah. When you have the lamb, did you traditionally cook like a rack of lamb or like a leg of lamb or did it? It, it, didn't it, matter? Was, it was a leg. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems uh, the, the, the rack is beautiful, of course, but it's also it's so simple to carve. I think you need something elaborate for a guide to be able to carve. And the leg of lamb is a complex mm -hmm. thing to carve because it's not carved like like a ham is carved. It's flipped on its side and it's cut down into the thicker muscle um, in, in real sort of about three quarter inch slices so that it's mm -hmm. moist and thick and oh, God, delicious. It's so good. 
It's <laughs> delicious. delicious. With slivers of garlic fed in up the, the, the leg of the lamb itself. Mm. And the outside of the lamb would always be incised with very thin cuts so that it would just, the fell of the outside skin would spread apart in the heat. And the seasoning with salt and pepper and, and flour rubbed into that, those incisions mm. would soak up that and form this marvelous crust. And the whole thing was basted with apple and orange juice, unsweetened, both of them canned, and exactly the same amount of both. And you keep on basting it during the process, and it, it becomes a golden hue on the outside. Mm. And it is quite the most delicious gravy you've ever tasted. Citrus okay. on the on, on the fatty lamb. Okay, you guys are going to finish this interview. I'm going to go buy a leg of lamb and do that right now. So. <laughs> Somehow, do you, I don't think it's going to be the same. <laughs> no, no, it won't. Trust me, it won't. Did you, after you roasted the lamb, did you use that as a base for a gravy or uh always some... always the gravy always you see as you baste it it then evaporates but it also caramelizes in in the 350 degrees and um, one hour um um uh, about an oh i got 30 minutes per pound at 350 um now uh the, the 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 caramelization and the sweetness of the natural sweetness, no sugar added, and this comes down and absolutely changes its character. It's it's a, it's it's truly a miraculous thing that gravy. Now, of course, you've got fat in it, and for some people, that's not a good idea, and for some people, it's the idea. And so I don't want to get involved in either of those arguments, but I would strain the fat off and I'm left with this amazing nectar that I thicken with a little arrowroot because mm. arrowroot you can, will thicken something and you don't have to boil it. Cornstarch, you'd have to boil it for 30 seconds to get the cornstarch out. But the arid is clear as a bell. And this sauce, this gravy, is also completely transparent and beautiful. Um, mm. So that's over the top. And that's it. Yes. Boy. Mm. Wow. I'm I ready for Christmas. I'll be sending you your Christmas box here next week. So don't. Um, so Graham, I, I must admit, I, I, I'm a believer in that. Not only is the main course, you know, say the star of the show, but that sides are just as important to as well as desserts. So what did you have with the lamb? Well, I, I have what we call a diamond cut potato. And a diamond cut is you, this is where you nuke the, the, the Idaho potato. What you do it then, three minutes in the microwave, flip it, two minutes on the second side, cut it in half, and then mark it deeply with a knife in a diamond pattern on the top, mm. um, with, with each diamond about um, three quarters of an inch to an inch, um, so that you can see that it's diamond. Then you squeeze both ends into the center, and the diamond shape opens up then, where, where you've cut it. 
Now you spread butter over the top of that or spray it with wooden, believe it isn't butter if that, you know, mm-hmm. if it's necessary for your loved ones. Um, and a little salt and pepper on the top. Perhaps a scattering of herbs of Provence can go over the top of that for a little extra. That is a magnificent potato to be able mm. to eat. That's that's it. There you go. Of course. Wow. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back here on Barbecue Nation with Graham Care, Leanne Whippen, and yours truly right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Um, actually, this is going to be the first show out there on the um, USA Radio Networks. So there you go. How about that? Very good. Because um, we switch networks and stuff. Congratulations. You deserve yes. it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very well much, done. my friend. Um, I'm JT, along with Leanne, and we've got Graham Care with us today. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And I don't need to waste time telling you about that because I tell you about it multiple times every week. Anyway, so we, we've gone through the lamb and we've gone through the potatoes and we've gone through the velvet gravy. What about the dessert? But, but I'm concerned uh, about hearing from Leanne and her choices. Oh, oh. well, as far I, I'm very traditional in the prime rib roast. Uh, it yeah. has to be bone in. You know, I just... The big old roast and uh, gravy is super important to me. So, you know, I make a stock and do the whole thing. And then one of our traditional things is is green beans. And we put sauteed mushrooms, onions, bacon, and that would be our green dish. And then garlic mashed potatoes with the gravy, of course. But the star of the show is it was the dessert. So my grandmother had this pie called her own design pie. And it was her own recipe and it was a custard, but it had sour cream in it. And then you melt semi-sweet chocolate on top of it. And then a meringue on top of that. And, and that was our dessert. It was her, you know, my Nana's own design pie, you know? So, and, and of course we did popovers. Love to have popovers. Um, My mom can make a mean popover and they just poof up beautifully with just straight up butter. And that's all we needed. We did start with some escargot. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Oh, really? (laughs) Escargot. Yeah. For an appetizer. I know that seems odd, but we did it. (laughs) Go go, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll be there. I love escargot. So it's all good. So, Graham, your um, dessert, please do. Well, well, yeah, man, let me just, uh, the escargot, when my daughter was three, we took her to lunch at the Savoy Hotel in London, uh, looking out over the Thames. And she's sitting there all sort of pretty and, 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 and blonde curls. And, 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 and what would the little madam like? And she said, escargot. (laughs) (laughs) And the waiter nearly dropped his pad, you know, this little thing at three years of age wanted snails. So so I'm with you in that. Um, Okay, so Christmas berries in the cloud. And this 
is amazing. This should be actually internationally famous. Um, and and what better place than your show to make it that way? There we go. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, so the thing starts with ordinary old-fashioned rolled oats. Okay, that's the you know the the, the good hearty one, not yeah. the pre-cooked ones, and that is simply simmered in um, in, in in milk, um, and it takes about half an hour to simmer in milk, and the, the portion size is about a quarter of a cup of rolled oats per person. Um, also, you put in a quarter of a cup of berries, dried berries, blueberries, um, the, the the sour cherries, um, mm. raisins. Um, what, what am I forgetting? Um, oh, cranberries. Okay, so those those berries are simmered in that milk with those oats, and so they puff up. They 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 become tender as a result of that. Then you add to that another cup of frozen berries, the kind that Costco did. That they do a triple berry frozen mm -hmm. thing, which is really good and good, and it's a marvelous price and. They're, a, they're so good all year round. So quarter of a cup of that per person. Now, so you've got, you've got dried berries and fresh frozen berries, and they're put together. Of course, you could use fresh, but they'll be hideously expensive at Christmas. Um, so then uh, it then has turned those, that milk bright purple. Mm. It, is, it is a hugely purple dish with all the berries in it. Now, to that, you get the Nestle, um, uh, what's it called, creamer, um, mm -hmm. and they have a hazelnut creamer. Mm -hmm. I like the flavor of hazelnuts. It's a Pacific Northwest thing um, in, in our area. So identify it with the. So you pour in a couple of tablespoons full per uh, serving. Mm -hmm. of the hazelnut. So you just, it's not overdone, you just got enough to it. So now it's creamy and, and, and purple. And, and all of this is being done well ahead of time because it's going to be served ice cold. Um, oh. All right. So then you pour that gadunk into that different dishes to be able to serve because it's nice in an individual dish. If you've got an, a small or cup-sized dish. Um, mm -hmm. And then with, um, a, a, it's a Greek yogurt that again, Costco, I'm not in Costco's employ, by the way, um, <laughs> um, but they, they have a Kirkland brand Greek yogurt, which is non-fat and not flavored. It's just straight out, plain, thick yogurt. And it's amazingly, edible it's not that bright sour taste it's sort of creamy it's really really well done it's the mm -hmm. best of all of the yogurts in my opinion so you take a good spoonful of that when on this ice cold because it's been in the fridge and pop that on the top and then grate some fresh nuts over the mm. over the top of that so it's a nutty um, exterior my dear, when you dip your spoon into that and stir it up together like a cumulus nimbus cloud filled with berries and with these nuts just to make me the taste, that is just 
marvelous. I mean, it is, I've got to tell you, there isn't a pie or a filling that I've ever tasted that compares with that. It's just I've never gorgeous. heard of anything like that before. And it sounds, it, is. it would make me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, it, for me, it's like straight out indulgence. I think that we should sit at a Christmas meal or an Easter meal or whatever, or Hanukkah, and just love every portion of it. We're building a marvelous memory around the best time of our lives. We'll be back with Graham and Leanne <laughs> and myself on Barbecue Nation right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. You're not going to believe what I saw. I saw mommy kissing Santa. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Um, thank you again, the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Um, and I can vouch for that. And also the nice folks over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. You can find out more about them at GunterWilhelm.com. We're talking with Graham Care today, my my. I don't even know my idol, my icon. The no, guy no, 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 no. Wait, no, wait. The guy <laughs> you inspired me as a young man to get into cooking. That is the that is a true story. And so, um, and then later on in life, I got to meet him, and we talk a lot, and we do lots of things, and it, it's it's all good. And then, of course, Leanne is my new co-host, so um, we. I got it good. I got it good everywhere. So how did you meet this man, Leanne? Um, Well, just I've been in competitive barbecue for 25 years and he's been on barbecue, you know, his show for many years. And we, because of what I do and what he does, we ended up intersecting and crossing and did a show together a while ago. And then we just kept doing shows together. It was fun. Yeah. Good. And then one day I said, you know, um, I, I would honestly, I've never worked with another co-host in, in all my shows. Uh, and I thought, well, if I was going to give it a try, who would I like to, to work with? And it was Leanne. And so I reached out to her and called her one day and we talked about it and she said, okay, and here we are. So that's, yes. that's it. It. That's lovely. Well, you, you have a wonderful voice for um for for radio. Leanne. Are you talking? And, oh, uh, me, really? I'm, yes. Oh, yeah. I yes, certainly no. can't sing. Usually, people that speak well, or you know, they have a great voice, or can keep a tune, and I am not that. So I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> but, you- but you're also a barbecue gal. Yes. So, Very much you so. Been- how did how did that start for you? What, uh, what? My father's mother, my grandmother, she had a hog farm in Kansas City and we used to go to Arthur Bryant's and Gates and eat barbecue. And then dad was doing it in the backyard. And then he met Carolyn Wells of the, um, you know, Kansas City Barbecue Society and got involved yeah. in that. And then we got our judging certificate together 25 years ago. And I said, let's go compete. And we went and competed in one uh, Georgia state right out of the gate. And then, then I bought a trailer and a pit and then I opened up 
six barbecue restaurants and competed. And yeah, it's just been a journey, a wonderful journey. That's the short story. <laughs> well, you look as if you should be singing in Nashville um, <laughs> rather than, than barbecuing in Kansas. But <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's all um, good. It so, is. So I want to talk a little bit more about um, side dishes. You were talking, Graham, about the, the Brussels sprouts and then, of course, the potatoes mm. and, and those kinds of things. Um, Leanne, you didn't talk too much about your side dishes a little Just bit, a little you know, bit, a little bit there. What I'll, I'll kind of open this up and say, well, I, we're kind of traditional. I do the prime rib, of course. And, uh, when I was a kid, we did turkeys and sometimes we did hams. I, I never understood why we lived on a farm, but never did, you know, rib roast or standing roast or anything like that. But that changed when I kind of took over the kitchen. But the thing I like to create is I like to create the twice baked potatoes. Mm. Um, I actually hand select every potato and I cut them and I wash them. I cut them in half. I bake them meat side down for about 25 minutes at about 425 degrees. I let them cool. Um, I will scrape them out. I will then again, select the best skins because um, and then I add lots of fun stuff. I hand mash them. Um, and then I add a couple different types of cheese, some green onions, some bacon, some sour cream, a little half and half. And then I some other things and I blend that all together. Fill up the skins again, heapingly, if you will, and a couple different types of cheese on that and some um, green <laughs> onions on top of that. Uh -huh. put, them, put them back in the oven for... 25 minutes and the cheese is all melted and all that. And I always have to make extra because people say, yeah, I'll take a little, little nice little slab of rib, uh, rib roast on with me, but they want, they actually bring their own Tupperware to get the, they'd rather have the twice baked potatoes and they take those yeah. home. So, and my daughter is notorious for like eating six of them over the course of the Christmas uh, weekend or you know holiday. Well, they sound delicious. I think when people make baked potatoes, they don't go through all that trouble. So that's a special treat for them. I did yeah. one too. <laughs> I'll, I'll FedEx you one. How's yeah, that? thanks, thanks. Yeah. And I have a rule about um, about celebration dinners that they are exceptional, and I use the word exceptional, and I use it very sincerely. I cannot eat that way regularly, right? but I can eat that way on that day. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's part of that sense of celebration, of thankfulness, of just sort of um, reaching out and enjoying every single moment of the day. And, that, and if you're going to fuss around with teaspoonfuls of olive oil um, on, on Christmas Day, I, I, I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's legalistic and I, it's, it, you have a real chance of spoiling things for other people. So, yeah, there you I, go. Uh, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, no, we don't eat like that all the time, but it is, it's a special holiday. I take my holidays very seriously um, because I, I, what I enjoy, and I got this from you, 
my friend, is that uh, I enjoy the people coming to our home. I enjoy the the camaraderie, um, the discussions at the table. Um, they tend to flock to the kitchen. We have a very open, big kitchen here, and so and you know, kind of an island, and then there's other parts to it. And they kind of surround it as I'm cooking. And that actually used to bother me, but it doesn't anymore because they've, we've, we've kind of come to an agreement where they kind of stay on their side and I stay on my side. That way I can still talk and visit with them and do what I'm doing. And then they can go over to the appetizer table and help themselves. So works out pretty well, but I, I, I take that very seriously is wanting my guests to be happy full content when they when they leave and um it's just kind of a little idiosyncrasy of mine but it's true so it's the same with all of us food people there's an element that what we're doing is recognizing a need in another person not a want but a real need a real need to enjoy at a, at a, at a, not at a gluttonous depth, but as a, as a true appreciation and a sense of thankfulness for what's happened. And when we place that thing that meets that need in that person and they receive it from us, there is something about humankind that coalesces together and forms friendships and memories which can last forever, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what I that's what I long for, is that recognition of need and provision of something which meets that need. That for me is being of service to my fellow man, mm-hmm. and I love it. I love it. <laughs> so do you guys? I can see yes, it. Yes, we I do. Know. I know. I know. Yeah. We're we're all guilty of that, and that's just fine with me. In the court of humanity, I don't think we'll ever get convicted. So there you go. Um, <laughs> the, I have been to some some dinners and stuff, Graham and Leanne, where we've had uh, weird side dishes. One was that when I grew up that my mom put on the table every year, which was we, we had a... a um, what do you call them? Crab apple, but a crab apple tree on the farm. And my mom would kind of can them, but she would make them this bilious green or bilious red. <laughs> uh, have you ever eaten a crab apple? They're, they're, they kind of very they, sour. <laughs> yeah, they're very sour, but she would somehow brine them and they made them semi sweet, but they, but some of the people in the family loved them. I never did indulge because i just couldn't i i took a couple bites over the years but there were some weird side dishes maybe they're family traditions i don't know but there's a few things like that 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 came around can i suggest one to you that sure. is 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 actually delicious and and remarkable at the same time mushrooms um you know about the one inch cap size you know the the button mushrooms um mm-hmm. just one cut just through just to open them up so that they have a flat surface um 
put all of those into a plastic bag. Um, you can probably, one of the larger plastic bags, um, depending upon how many people you've got for your phone, maybe four or five mushroom caps per, per side dish. Um, that would give you some yeah, leadership in it. Then squeeze fresh lemon juice into that plastic bag and a, a little grinding of sea salt in, mm. into the top of that. And because I, because I love dill, uh, some dried dill can go in at the same time. So it's dill, lemon juice, and, um, and the salt. mushrooms and, and the salt. It, 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 uh, it fascinates the, the, the palate. And mm. um, I think it can get, get some good comments. So, so simple and so good. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got to yeah. take another break, but we're going to come back, wrap up the show. Graham will be around for after hours, which we have no limits on. So that's a good thing. You're listening to, <laughs> you're listening to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. A little Christmas music there for you. I, you know, I'm a. I started my radio career as a rock and roll guy in Los Angeles when I was 18. It was it was great. Uh, I still have an affinity for for really good rock music, but I also worked in the country music world for a while, and so a lot of our shows get kind of cross referenced with that. Leanne, I don't think I ever told you that, but no. we do a little music selection there. Anyway, we've got Graham Care uh, with Leanne Whippen and myself today. Um, next week we've got Meathead from Amazing Ribs coming up. We're going to be talking about more prime rib stuff and uh, some gifts for the uh, barbecue aficionado in your life your personal favorites graham what what do you think is your absolute favorite dessert you've ever had at christmas i think it would be the crepe suzette the that that classic the grand manier liqueur the fresh orange and lemon juice again i love the bright sun a little fudge made with uh, cube sugar rubbed in the in the zest of the orange and the lemon and and crushed into butter in in to make the sauce and then these lacy thin pancakes that if you laid them on the, on the front cover of the Times magazine, and they had a pretty big headline. You'd be able to read the headline through the pancake. It, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're that thin and lacy, and they absorb so much this wonderful sauce. You then set fire to the whole thing and serve it and get a good tip if you're the waiter who's been doing it. <laughs> Did, let me jump in here. Didn't didn't one of your first when you were working the floor at the at the hotel growing up, didn't they have you do it was either crepe Suzette or yeah, Cherry's you, Cherry's you, Jubilee? You yeah. have that, you've nailed it, you've got the wrong thing, but you nailed the experience. I was 15. I was the first couple that I ever served, and I was a chef d'orange, which was um a table side with a flambe lamp. 
and the whole thing. And I cooked that crepe Suzette that I just described to you now. And they mm. did give me a big tip yeah. from it. And it changed my life. Um, I, you know, what I did on the Galloping Gourmet was I would always pull somebody out of the audience at the end and sit them down and feed them. Uh, that was such an important part for me. And that's, I learned that from doing that that night for that couple. And they still remain as clear to me today as they did in those wow. days. That's what I mean by service. Yeah. Service yeah. is unique. You're not a servant. You are giving service. It's a servant is not a bad word. It's a wonderful word. Yeah. When wow. it's done right. Yeah. Well, you remember that, Leanne, when I come down and you're going to make me the escargot. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'll flambe. I'll flambe it for flambe you. The sh- flambe, <laughs> flambe the snails. Flambe the snails. What a thought. There you go. That works. That works. That works. Just for you. What, what about your favorite dessert besides your Nana's uh, or your mom's? Uh, so, um, Grandma Nye Soufflés. Watching them puff up in the oven and just a spoon just a sprinkle of powdered sugar and just to take the spoon and dip it in. And then they slowly yes. <laughs> fall and uh, oh. it's worth the wait. <sighs> yeah. Yes. That would be my favorite. There you go. That mm-hmm. works. That Wonderful. Works pretty good. My favorite actually is more of a side than a dessert. Uh, common name for it would be kind of an ambrosia salad. Uh, but I make it a little different the way my aunt taught me, which is I uh, chop up cabbage. I use the the jello mixture and the whipped cream, but I actually use drained crushed pineapple, um, little miniature marshmallows, which I pulverize in one of my uh, food processors, and then um, chopped cabbage, some mayonnaise, and then uh, the um, <laughs> Uh, the whipped cream and you got to wait for the, the, the jello and the mushroom, uh, the mushrooms, the marshmallows to kind of solidify in, mm-hmm. in the bowl. You just let it settle for half hour or so in their fridge. And then you mix all this together. And then I put sliced almonds in it mm. and it's always a hit. It's not, it's not as elaborate as a crepe Suzette or anything like that, but it's just something that I actually really look forward to on the holidays. And now I'm the only one that makes it. So what the hell, but I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just one of those things. And I guess it is from childhood memories or what have you. Um, I think I'm the only one in our family that carries on that tradition, but uh, seems to be a hit. It always seems to be a mm. hit at the, at the dinner table, you know, I know it doesn't. You know, when you, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he has a thing. He doesn't like coconut. I was going to think, I was just waiting for him to say that there's coconut in it, but I know he doesn't like coconut. <laughs> so you left that out. Uh, well, that's about the only thing he did leave out. I, I, was, <laughs> I was going at that and I was getting a repeat of one of those air battles in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Zoom, zoom in the almonds. Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite a production when I make it, but yeah, I can I can, I can actually yeah. make it in just a few minutes, and then it has to, of course, sit, if you will. But um, it's when people come, they they I notice they seem to go and they look to see if it's 
in the refrigerator or in the out. We have a refrigerator out on our porch and they they check it out to make sure it's here because I sometimes I get yelled at if it's if I haven't made it. So that's you know. it. My 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 gastronomic life has been forever changed by pulverized marshmallows. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it, my friend. That's the. That's well, I'm thinking, how is, how does that happen? Do they have to be slightly stale? Doesn't it, it has to have a really sharp blade? This is all these things are going through my head when you said that. Or does it turn <laughs> into like like fluff and utter? I mean, what 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 happens here? Well, the first time I did it, I figured it out because I my aunt. This was my aunt's original recipe, okay, and I couldn't figure out how uh, how she did that because you never saw in in her. They call it yum yum salad. You never saw in her bowl any like whole marshmallows. Little, and you use little marshmallows, you know, and mm-hmm. you never saw them. They were just all blended in. And I first couple of times I made it, I went, I can't, I can't make that work. So genius here. I start taking a knife and I'm cutting these little hundreds of these little marshmallows in half and stuff. And of course, my wife walked through the kitchen and looked at me like, you really need to be in a rubber room at this point. So I got out one of the food processors and I did it and I ran it forward and backwards and it, and it kind of chops them up in these little balls. Hmm. And then when you put them in with the hot jello mixture, they melt that way and they melt completely that way. And then it's very smooth. So, <laughs> okay. That yeah. It. Yeah. I can do that anyway. Um, we're going to get out of here for the regular show now that I hogged up the whole last segment of the show talking about mm-hmm. my my uh, amazing yum yum salad. But for Graham and Leanne, thank, thank you, you for listening out there and uh, have a good uh, have a good day, good week and good holiday, everybody. Take care. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.